You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today is Litel Sharman. Litel is currently Head of Experience Design at PageUp. She is a design leader, strategist, and storyteller. She is passionate about utilizing design thinking to drive positive cultural change in our lives and believes that by understanding human behavior, motivations, and biases, we will be in a position to design a better journey for ourselves and the people around us. Welcome to the Product Edge, Litel. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, Jade. It's a pleasure uh, speaking to you today. Uh, And uh, thank you for having me. I am so excited to be talking to you. It's taken us a little while to get here with uh, lockdown and renovations and roadworks. We've had to reschedule several times, but I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Me too. Thank you. Excellent. So look, before we jump into it, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and perhaps a little bit about PageUp and your role there? Absolutely. So uh, as you said, I'm working at PageUp as the head of uh, experience design. I'm leading the team, uh, a team of UX designers, UI designers, and UX researchers. Uh, And our goal is really to design the most amazing experience for uh, the variety of customers that we have. Uh, PageUp is a SaaS company. We are building um, solutions for HR teams in businesses. So it's a B2B Uh, business, and we're working with a lot of HR people, uh, talent acquisition, uh, teams, uh, and so on. So really, really interesting. Uh, And we have, you know, different clients with different needs. So it's always really exciting. We have, you know, different problems to solve, um, you know, different values to give to people. So yeah, exciting times. Absolutely. And I know you've been on a journey with PageUp implementing design thinking across the the business. Tell me a little bit about uh, some of the work you've done there. Yeah, so uh, design thinking is really something that uh, I love to implement at every stage of basically everything that I do, because it really talks about uh, understanding what is the problem and what is the what are the needs and what is the value that you can provide to uh, a solution, uh, whether it's uh, you know for a customer or for internal purposes or for your own life, for example. So what I've done when I joined PageUp was really to start with discovery and to understand the different needs uh, that the business has from a design perspective, uh, understand the maturity level of design within the organization, you know, within the product teams uh, across the tech. Um, teams and and even broader than that. So for me, UX design is is not just about the digital solutions. Uh, this is where it started, but experience design is about everything. It's about organizational design. It's about employees' experience. It's about customer experience, the end-to-end journey, uh, and so on. So um, my work was really to implement design within the different parts of the organization. So starting within product, because this is where it makes sense, uh, and, and evolving it to other parts of the business. And again, really using design thinking as a method to, to make this um, you know, journey work for, for everyone. And not just to come and say, this is what you need to do, because every organization is different, um, you know, every a group of people are different. So really to understand what their needs and how can I support them the best way possible. Fantastic. So yeah, I guess, look, in the last couple of years, a lot of tech companies have started to adopt design thinking in different parts of the organization alongside product management, engineering, but also broader functions like HR, legal support. So at at the fundamental level, what what does design thinking bring to, to these functions? Yeah, so I think that the most important thing about design thinking, uh, design thinking is really an approach more than everything. Um, It's not necessarily this is just one way to do things. 
there are five, um, you know, kind of high level steps, which, you know, we can touch on a little bit later, uh, but every step can be, um, you know, implemented in, in different ways. So it's really what, about what is working, you know, for the team or for the person that is kind of, uh, you know, trying to, to make an impact and, and to make a change. Um, so I think that the most important thing is to really understand, because at the end of the day, if we are trying to, to, you know, to create a solution, to build something, it's really about the people that we're trying to impact, right? So in every, you know, part of the business, every unit, if they want to, you know, to, to, to make a change, to bring a new tool, to, to uh, implement a new process, you know, to, to improve something, usually when we're trying to make a change, it's, you know, it's because we want to improve something that doesn't work you know, the, the best way possible. So it's really important to understand uh, the people that we are going to service and what do those people uh, need, basically. What do they need? What are their behaviors? What uh, are their challenges? What are their goals? What are they trying to actually achieve in their life or in their work or by, you know, using a system or a product um, and really empathize with them. So this is really the key uh, in, in design thinking is to take our own biases outside of the equation. Um, and, and, you know, as, as human beings, we're all biased. So that's, that's a thing that we all need to, to understand and accept. And that's 100% fine. We are wired like that. We're born biased. This is part of being a human being. Uh, so nothing wrong with, you know, say, you know, I, I know that I have my own biases. Um, and, and that's fine. But once we go into solution, it's really important for us to, to recognize the fact that we have our own biases and our own assumptions and what we think the best solution will be is not necessarily the best solution that will work for the people that we're trying to service. So it is really important to put our biases on the side, to go with a, an open mind uh, and to really listen to people um, and also use you know, the right methods and asking open-ended questions, really trying to, to explore and to understand the different needs, uh, you know, of the people that, again, we're, we're trying to impact. Absolutely. And I think biases is such an important um, topic. In a recent episode I did with Anthony Murphy, we were exploring ethics in product management and, and biases. And I think, um, you know, it's why it's so important that we have diverse and inclusive teams, because if you're not exposed to something, then you, you have a bias to it. And the more diverse thinking you can bring to a team, the better solutions you're obviously going to be able to create for for the community and the people that that we're ultimately serving is um so is design thinking instead of it being you know a tool or something that's typically being seen the responsibility of designers is it more a a thought process in a way that people approach problem solving absolutely absolutely yes um as uh, as you know I, I have a talk that uh, I'm sharing with, you know, a lot of people. I have design thinking for product managers. I have design thinking for non-designer. This is kind of general for everyone, which I'm actually going to present next month uh, in an agile conference. And I think that's really uh, interesting that, you know, today people are starting to adopt design thinking because they realize it's not just, you know, the, the name can be kind of misleading, right? It's design thinking. So, um, at PageUp, we're not using this, this name, design thinking. We're actually using an innovation process instead of that. But it's very, very similar. And it's really about, again, uh, you know, doing the exploration before really understanding what are the needs uh, and then moving into, you know, ideation and experimenting our ideas and really making sure that we're validating our solutions uh, with the people that are going to adopt it. So... This is why I think today you can see, you know, a lot of uh, different business units, but also a lot of different industries adopting uh, design thinking because they realize that, you know, if, if they are jumping into solution mode, if they are using their own bias um, and, you know, trying to implement something that they think is, you know, the best solution, a lot of the time they're going to fail. And we see that many, many, many startups are failing every single year. And I think the percentage today is like between 70 to 90% of new businesses failing. And the number one reason is because there is no market fit. 
So we can think that we have the most amazing idea, and maybe it is an amazing idea, but at the end of the day, if no one wants to adopt it, you know, uh, we can't sell the idea. So we're not, you know, we can't implement that, uh, again, because no one is going to adopt it. So I think it's really important to, uh, you know, to remember that our need is not necessarily the same need as other people. Um, and again, be very open-minded and, and understand that we're biased, understand that what the people that we're trying to service are different than us. So let's just go out of the building. This is, you know, uh, a phrase that we like to say, go out of the building, actually observe people, actually speak to people, um, you know, and, and, and understand them. Absolutely. I love that get out of the building phrase. I think I'm going to start uh, using that one. So I'm just thinking as you're talking there about um, recruiting and hiring and with my business Middleton Exec, we recruit a lot of product managers and and designers for for tech businesses. And typically when we go to market for designers, design thinking is a prerequisite in all position descriptions and hiring managers will talk to us about it. I'm trying to rack my brain and I don't think it's something that has come up in either a position description or in a conversation around a brief when we're looking for product managers, do you see that design thinking is becoming more common in that product management function or is there still a way to, to go? Um, look, I think it, it can be better. <laughs> I, I think everything, everything can be better. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think it is, it is kind of moving towards this way. Uh, at PageUp, for example, we are currently hiring um, a senior product manager, manager role, and part of our description is actually you need to have experience in design thinking. You need to understand what it is. So the, the experience is more about, you know, kind of understanding the value, being able to practice it, not necessarily to lead it. And I think this is the main difference today between designers and product managers, you know, regarding design thinking is that the designers are kind of moving away from being, uh, you know, pushing pixels, uh, making things pretty because the design responsibility, the designers, sorry, responsibility is, is not to make things pretty, is to make things right, is to make the, the you know, the, the solution work for the audience, to make it simple, to make it delightful, and, and so on. So the designers are really moving away from uh, for working in isolation to more be kind of facilitators. And, you know, to your point before, it's really important to bring a diverse group of people into the table and come up with a solution together. And design thinking is really about collaboration. It's a key part of that. I mean, yeah, one person can go out and do all the work themselves, but it will never be as effective if you'll have a group of people from, you know, different parts of the business, different backgrounds, different experiences, different ages, and so on and so forth. And this way you can, you know, come up with many, many ideas and many perspectives that you never thought of because you did not have this experience. And I think that that's really a key. And I think the important thing for product managers is, is to really understand the, the importance of empathy with, the, with your users. I mean, I think today product managers and UX designers are having way more power than they had before. So um, it's not about going to stakeholders and looking at all the requirements and say, okay, let's do that. It's not about having a list of, you know, many, many, many features that we're going to release because we think that if we'll have 20, 30, 40 features, it will be easier for us to sell. There's, there's so much competition out there. So it's really important that it's all about the experience, right? So if you give a better experience to customers, to users, they will use their, your product. There is, um, you know, a lot, of, um, a lot of companies and a lot of softwares are working kind of on a subscription base. So customers can leave you every single day and move to a competitor because there are always competitors. And I think this is something that is really important. Always, always you have a competitor. So you can't just sit and say, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ruling, uh, you know, the market. I'm, I don't have any competitors because you will have a competitor at some point in time. And the key thing today that is winning businesses uh, is experience. Um, you, you obviously have the price as well, but people are willing to pay more today, uh, and especially businesses, they are willing to pay more to have a great, easy solution. 
and I think this is really important. So product managers should really practice that as well. And again, it doesn't mean that they necessarily need to go and to run interviews or to run observation study and things like that. However, I think it's key for them to join an interview. So they can go there as, um, you know, as listeners, they can take notes and they can, and that's, that's absolutely amazing when, um, you know, you can see the shift between someone that never spoke to a customer after they go to an interview, even just as, as um, you know, listeners, and they, they observe the body language of the person, they actually hear what they say. It's amazing how much impactful that can be to the, to the people that um, are actually listening in. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I've been reading a lot lately on the difference between repeat customers and loyal customers. And it 100% comes down to experience. And I think if you're getting into a bid on price or features as a way to retain your customers, it's a bit of a downward spiral. Whereas when you offer that outstanding experience, you start to create loyal customers. And uh, I think that's applicable to any business, whether it's a SaaS product business, whether it's a recruitment business, talent acquisition, it's really all about that experience. And I think it's only now that other functions are starting to to think about that more and more. So I I love this conversation. I'm uh, taking heaps of notes. (laughs) Okay. So look, we were talking offline before before this recording and you mentioned that design thinking can be used by anybody to systematically extract, teach, learn and apply human-centered techniques to solve problems in ultimately creative ways. What do you mean by that and how do we do that? Because that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that the most important thing is to actually care about the people that you're going to service. So it's actually to, to you know, to, to, to take the approach of, uh, you know, the, there, there is a group of people or, you know, different groups of people, and, and I actually want to impact their life. Uh, it can be in a really small way as well, right? So I'm not just talking about, um, you know, completely change their life. Obviously, that can be done as well, and that's amazing. Uh, but, but, you know, there, there are many, many small ways that you can do that as well. And I think that, again, the, the, the key thing is about actually caring about people, actually caring to give them the best solution, uh, you know, possible, uh, actually understand, you know, their needs and, and to give them something that can impact their goals and can give them, you know, just, just a better experience overall in, in whatever they need to do. I, I think it's amazing when, you know, people are, are using systems and they give you a really good review about something that they use when you didn't expect it at all. Like you didn't send them a survey or anything, but they just say, oh my God, that was amazing. I love your product. I love your service. What we, we, we call, you know, a delighter in, in UX and a delighter is something that, you know, a customer or, or a user, they didn't expect something, but uh, they, they were very, very happily surprised by something that you gave them. And that you will create uh, something like, you know, you can call it a, like a raving fan uh, and they will recommend it to, to other people. So I think that's something that is really important. Again, I'm not just talking about, you know, tech or, you know, about digital solutions. I'm talking about basically every single thing that we can do. So I would say that I think that governments should start to adopt design thinking. Uh, Unfortunately, I think they are very, very much behind. But how amazing that can be. If um, and, and look, there are some parts and there are some, some offices in, in government that I know that are using that. So I, I just don't want to say like no one is using it. <laughs> but, but I think there are so much, like there is a huge way for improvement if, you know, if, uh, if uh, public services will start adopting that. And, and let's look, uh, for example, the, the you know, education system. So I think that you know, most uh, kind of, you know, uh, education in across the world, I think their goals are not the right goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're, they're being way too academic. They're chasing grades. They're trying to, uh, you know, to be number one in their area or in their city. And it's all based on the different grades. And for me, this is not the right thing because it's not about the grades. It's really about 
educating kids to become better adults, to become people that actually cares about others, to contribute to society, to do amazing things. It's really not about the competition and the grades. That's what I think. Now, I'm not against competition. I think competition can uh, really drive people to be you know, more, um, more driven, more passionate and, and work harder. And that's absolutely fine. But just using you know, grades as a system to really see if you're successful or not, I don't think that's the right thing. So how can you really completely change you know, the way that schools operate, for example, and think about, okay, what are, what are the goals that kind of, what, what are we trying, what is, what, how are we trying to shift the needle here? And understand that maybe your customers are the parents, but at the end of the day, the users are the kids that are going to school. So what are their needs? What are, uh, what are their goals? And how can we uh, even kind of change the way they think, because let's be honest, a lot of kids don't like to go to school, maybe today a little bit more because of COVID and they, <laughs> you know, they're isolated for many, many weeks. But I think that's something that is really important. So if we, you know, go into discovery, really understand, you know, kids' behavior, understand what drives them, understand what makes them happy, uh, understand that different kids have different needs and schools, like, you know, traditional schools, just it just don't work for everyone. So, and, and of course, there are different schools. And, and look, and I'm not saying everything is is um, is wrong and not working. Obviously, some schools are doing amazing work, but I think we can do better. And I think if we are going to start with kids, uh, we can get some amazing results because th- those kids are our future adults, right? And they are the people that going to. Uh, to build, to manage, and to, to be, you know, the, the future generation, they're going to do, you know, the, the work. They're going to be those people in charge. And if we'll give them those tools at a very young age, uh, I think we can have like an amazing society and, and, and an amazing future for humankind overall. Definitely. And I agree with you 100% there with schools and, and education. You know, I think it's actually starting with the why? Why do we send people to school? Yes, we want to give them the basic education, but you know we don't want to just create factory where people are regurgitating information and, and textbooks. You want to create good humans that are going to go into society and you know have an impact and, and create a better world. Back to the workplace, though, how can people apply these principles to the wider business so that you know it doesn't just become? a tool or a skill set for digital or, or tech. It is like we talked about earlier, the, the HR side, sales, operations. Any tips on how we can start to apply the principles to other business functions? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll share kind of, um, you know, my journey at PageUp. Um, so I think, uh, as I said before, the, the first thing I've done when I joined PageUp, it was uh, almost two and a half years ago, was to do uh, discovery. Um, like I said, really to understand the design maturity across the different teams, the different business units and so on. So I started with that. We started to implement design um, in, uh, in the product teams and to have designers embedded within the product teams. So that's, that was the first key. And I would say... Uh, if you can embed designers in different business units, that will be absolutely amazing. However, not all companies have the money to do that, right? And that's that's absolutely fine. And because, you know, Page, for example, we are a pretty small company. We can't just, you know, hire more and more and more designers. And I, I actually like, I don't remember who said that actually, but... Um, uh, I think it was Peter Merholtz, if I'm not mistaken. So he's a, he's a very uh, well-known designer from, from the US and he's talking a, a lot about kind of building design teams. Um, and he's also saying that you don't need to have a huge design team. It's more about the facilitation, like I said before. It's more about understanding how can you bring different people together and, and get them to start thinking about uh, about using those different tools and the different methods. So anyway, what, what I'll go back to the story about PageUp. So what I've done is, uh, you know, to start embedding those designers within the team and to slowly kind of start seeing where can we make the best, the best impact within those teams. Uh, about a year, uh, probably a year and a half ago, um, I worked with my, uh, my manager, who is the CIO of PageUp, to... Um, 
to really implement design thinking and innovation process within the company. We, we use a, a consultancy to help us embed and drive the change within the organization. Um, so what we have done is to take all the people in product UX and tech that now are working together uh, and, and to give them uh, a fundamental uh, understanding of design thinking. So uh, really talk about why is it important to do exploratory research? What is important to understand and acknowledge the fact that we have biases and to know when to put them on the side and to go out with an open mind, uh, how to bring many, many ideas. After we've done the, uh, the exploration, explore those ideas uh, and, and go into validation which is, uh, you know, we identify what the problem is, we're coming up with ideas, now we chose one, two, three ideas, and we want to experiment it with people, with, with the people that are going uh, to adopt it, or we are hoping that are going to adopt it at the end of the day. Um, so we, we started with, with product, but one of the things that I said, and, and uh, very strongly on, that if we're only going to do it with the, with the groups in you know, product UX and tech, and we're not going to do it with other parts of the business or with the upper management. It's just not going to work, right? So you want to do it bottom up, but also top down. Like you have to make a change, to make an impact, you have to do both things. So uh, I was very excited uh, about the fact that all the um, you know, C-suite uh, the, the executives, the heads of, were very, very open to go and do this training themselves. So we changed the training a little bit because also, you know, design thinking and, uh, and, and overall training, you know, and storytelling and all of that, you really need to make sure that, you know, you're, you're building kind of your story around uh, the group of people. So obviously the executives will have completely different needs, completely different uh, ways of working, um, and, and it's more about kind of talking to them about leadership and how they can be really good leaders and support their teams uh, by adopting, you know, those uh, different kind of approaches and methods and so on. So we had that as well. We had a group of senior management was about 20 people, maybe even a little bit more from all across the business, uh, including the CEO um, and really every single person. And that was just absolutely amazing. I, was, I, I sat there with them just observing how everyone is reacting and you could see people just having this aha moment. It's like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. You know, so a lot of the time, that's something that is really interesting as well, because people sometimes work, you know, um, kind of in, in similar roles or in the same approach or, or selling, uh, you know, the same way or doing whatever they do the same way for 10, 15, 20 years. And, you know, and for them, it just makes sense to do it like that. And that's absolutely fine. But then they hear a different way to do something and a different, really amazing way to do it. And they say, huh, interesting. I never thought about that. And I think that's, you know, that's amazing. And, and also amazing that, you know, the fact is that those people are so open-minded to, to learn new things. And I think this is, this is the key in businesses. If people are not open-minded, uh, it's not going to work, unfortunately. So, uh, so we've done it with, you know, with this group of people and because, again, we just couldn't, uh, you know, get, get the consultancy to, to implement it over and over and over again with different groups. I kind of uh, took this responsibility on me uh, and I was sponsoring this program uh, anyway. So, and, and what I've done was to kind of start doing training across the business to different groups of people. So, for example, last year, uh, before COVID hit us, uh, I flew to the U.S. to run the same program with our U.S. team. So, we have, uh, we don't have anyone from product UX or tech there. Everyone there are salespeople, um, account managers, customer success managers, and so on. So, you know, for them, it's not kind of traditionally using design thinking, but there is so much value in them, in them adopting that. Uh, and I think one of the key things is, is, is the, again, the exploratory research. Uh, and you were talking before that about the why. So exploratory research is really also about the why. And, uh, you know, there is kind of this method, the five whys. Uh, so ask why five times. Uh, kind of to understand the root cause of everything, of, of everything that is working, is not working, or what you're actually trying to achieve. So, 
um, for me, it was really important that they will kind of, you know, uh, have this training, have this knowledge of how to have just better conversation with your customers. And it's, instead of jumping into solution mode, because maybe you have, you know, a, a not very happy customer that will come and tell you, uh, look, this doesn't work for me. I need this feature. Just give me this specific feature. And sometimes we can be super reactive because we're afraid that we're going to lose this client and say, oh, we have to give them this feature. So I'll go back to them and I'll say, well, wait a minute. Why, why do we need this feature? What are they actually trying to achieve? What is not working for them that they need? Maybe this feature is not the right solution. Maybe we have a different feature that can solve their problem much better. Maybe it's not even a feature. Maybe they just need to change something. Maybe it's just a very easy conversation. And I think this is the important thing, right? So again, design thinking, if you look, you know, there is five steps, you can take all those steps. But I think the power in design thinking is to use what you need when you need it. So, um, you know, if people that are more kind of in, in the supporting role, uh, if there are people from, again, support, customer success managers, and so on, they don't necessarily need to go through all those different steps of design, design thinking, but if they're even just using the empathy, just using the exploratory uh, research and, and speaking to people and spending five more minutes to really understand what those people are trying to achieve. I think the power is, first of all, to really identify what is the root cause of what they're trying to achieve, but also the person on the other side feel that, you know, they, that we care about them, that we actually want to understand what they need, that we actually want to have a conversation and not just to say, yes, 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 okay, thank you very much. Uh, it's about having a deeper conversation and building relationships. And I think that's also something that is super, super important when we're servicing people. I love that. I think it's that deep conversation in any area and especially in uh, sales and, and recruitment. You know, I work with my team on encouraging them when we're talking to our to our clients to to keep asking why and not just offering a quick fix it's actually understanding the root cause of the the problem and the challenge and then proposing uh, a solution you've touched on it um a second ago around the the five steps within design thinking so let's just dive into to what they are a little bit for anyone that's not too familiar what are those uh, five steps yeah, absolutely. So the first uh, step, which I talked about a lot, uh, is uh, really the empathize. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all about understanding the people that we we're going to you know to service. It's all about understanding what is the problem. So you know, sometimes you know the, the business will come with a with an idea or with a scope or with the vision. This is what we want to achieve, right? Uh, a lot of, of businesses are coming. They're doing that. You know, they're yearly um, uh, kind of a strategic plan uh, and okay what are we trying to do this year what are we trying to do in the next you know three years uh, what are the different markets that we're trying to um, to win what are we trying to impact and so on the way to do that uh, it's still very much unknown uh, before doing you know the exploratory research so so it's really about understanding, you know, you have a scope, you have something that you're looking at, you have, you know, a specific area, uh, for example, but then it's going out and speaking to those people um, and, and really understanding what is their problem within this uh, area. Uh, because again, a lot of the time we will think that this, you know, we'll look at the data, for example, and we will say, okay, we, we think this is the problem. Uh, but it will usually be an assumption. And maybe it's, it's the right assumption, but a lot of the time it will not be the right assumption. And I think this is also really important because a lot of people uh, you know, are very familiar with market research and looking at competitors and looking at trends in the market and you know, reading articles and so on. And, and you know, a lot of companies have big data warehouse when they have all the data in the world, but a lot of the time, and, and all of that is great and fine, and we definitely want to utilize that as well, but without actually speaking to people, it's all based on our assumptions. So we can look at data and we can look at someone, you know, maybe some people are stuck in the funnel. So they're not completing, you know, a task. And maybe, you know, if it's an e-commerce uh, product, for example, maybe they have some stuff in their 
uh, in their cart, but they never actually go to the checkout and pay for it, right? So a lot of the time, I heard so many people are just jumping into a sum, into uh, their own assumptions and their own biases because they say, oh, I do it, so I know why other people are doing it. However, it might not be true. So again, without asking the why, we will not know that. And this is why a survey is, is good for some things, but you can't actually ask the why in a survey. I mean, you can ask, but you, can't, you don't have like a, a back and forth conversation, right? So, so if someone will tell you why, you can't go back to them and say, oh, can you expand a little bit on, uh, more on that? And okay, that's really interesting. So can you tell us about, you know, what you were trying to do last time and let's expand on it a little bit. And then during, you know, this time when people are talking about their experience, you can ask them a lot of whys and you can direct them in a way that you will actually ex- ex- uh, ex- extract the information. So an exploratory research is really about knowing what are the questions that, you're try- that, that you need answer to. You don't need to go with a lot of questions. I would say go with five questions, but all those questions will drive a very deep conversation. So within those questions, and again, it's only a guide, you you will go and you will probably, if you have the right question, you'll probably learn things that you, you have n- you had no idea that those are the things that are uh, impacting people. So, um, so yeah, it's about it's about the empathy. It's about creating and building a relationship with people. It's about truly understanding people. So it can be with one-on-one interviews. It can be with observation. Uh, it really depends on the business, on what you're trying to learn, and so on. So this is the first step of design thinking. Um, the second step will be define. So basically, you are, uh, you know, you, you have, you've done uh, the research, you interviewed a number of people, you looked at the data, you collected everything that you could uh, collect, and then you go and say, okay, I have, uh, you know, all this information, so let's really understand uh, by doing synthesis, what is the problem now that we are going to solve or we are aiming to solve? And you will come up with many, many problems, right? Because again, different people have different problems and that's absolutely fine. But then you need also to be able to prioritize them. So usually how we'll do it will be what is the most valuable thing to the business and to the user? And I truly believe that if we are going to prioritize the biggest uh, problem um, of the user, or let's, let's say it in a different way. If we're going to impact the biggest thing for the user, we're also going to impact the biggest thing for the business because customers will come back to us because customers will pay us more um, and because you know, we're going to give them a delightful experience so they would absolutely love us. So, um, so Define is really about that, understanding what's the, the, the right problems that you want to solve uh, and we can balance that with uh, feasibility as well and understand, okay, how long do we have? How much time do we want to spend? How much money can we spend on it? And so on. So it's not necessarily going to be the biggest problem. Maybe it's going to be the second biggest problem. And that's absolutely fine as well, as long as we are aware of what are we trying to actually impact. So once we defined, you know, this is the problem, we can uh, write a problem statement, everyone can come together, understand exactly why this is what we're trying to solve. And I think that's really, really, really important as well. You need to bring people from across the business and, and they all need to align on this is the problem that we're aiming to solve. Otherwise, people will have, you know, different priorities, they'll have different goals, and it's going to be just difficult if not... Um, if not everyone is across that. Um, And I'll just go back quickly to something that we said before about bringing different people from the organization. This is something that we're doing now at PageUp. We have what we call cross-functional teams and those cross-functional teams are not just product UX and and development. It's also uh, people from sales, from marketing, uh, customer success managers, account executives, and so on. They're all coming together and working towards solving the same problem. Uh, and they're also involved in discovery. And that's absolutely amazing. I'm so delighted to see that, that people are, you know, are part of the discovery. They're actually going and speaking to customers, um, you know, about this kind of specific area that we're trying to solve. Uh, and then this group of people are coming together, looking at all the problem uh, that we identified. Um, and, you know, and they're all aligned on 
the problem that we are going to solve or the opportunity for the business and for the customer. So this is the define stage. And then after the define, okay, we know how, uh, what we want to do. We just don't know how we're going to do that. And this is where we move into ideate or ideation. Now, ideation compared to brainstorming, this is something that I love doing. Brainstorming, traditional brainstorming, you know, you have group of people going into a room um, and they kind of start to say, hey, yeah, I have the best idea. Let's put it here. Uh, and usually, you know, the most senior person in the room will kind of control the conversation and everyone else will say, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, yes, great. Let's do it. Maybe you'll come up with two different ideas and we'll say, hooray, let's, let's do this idea. However, in ideation, the key about ideation is to come up with many, many, many ideas and do it individually. So um, I've done it many, many, many times. So you bring a group of people. It doesn't matter how many people. You can bring 50 people as well. It's, it's absolutely fine. Um, like we said before, it's about diversity as well. So you don't necessarily need to bring people that are working on this specific product. You can bring people from across the business. You can bring clients. You can bring people that have nothing to do with, you know, with your company, but they will have a different perspective. And that's amazing because there will be so much more, um, they, they have the potential to be so much more creative because they don't actually know, you know, your industry, for example, but they can think of something that you can't think of because, you know, we, 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 we are stuck with the bias of the industry sometimes. So then you do some individual work, everyone come up with many, many ideas, and then you go and prioritize those ideas based on really the same method with the value to customer and feasibility as well. And again, it depends on the team. Uh, and what we do at PageUp, we do those ideations within the team and the team has the power and the autonomy to prioritize whatever they think um, will be the, the best solution uh, to implement. Uh, of course, that need to meet the objectives of, uh, of the business and so on. But within kind of this, this scope, they can do basically whatever they think is the right thing to do. So once we came up with, uh, with you know, the ideas and it's good to prioritize not just one idea because we don't know if that's the right solution. We're still in the kind of hypothesis uh, phase. You can come up with different ideas, but not too many. So let's say three ideas is probably the best. Uh, and then say, okay, great. Now we're not going to implement those ideas just yet. We want to experiment and validate them first. So uh, that's what takes me to the fourth step, which is a prototype or experiment. Um, so basically you will build an experiment or you will build a prototype. Uh, and the whole point of that is, um, is to validate or disprove what you, um, your idea, basically, or the hypothesis around your idea. So uh, this is where the gr a group of people will come and build the smallest, cheapest uh, prototype you can do. It doesn't need to be pretty. It's not about that at all. It's just about, you know, again, learning if there is market adoption, uh, well, market need and product adoption, your customers or, or by different people that, you know, the, the market that you're actually trying to ship the needle in. Uh, and, the, and the last part, which is really, you know, the, the part of the prototype is to actually test it with people. And the important thing is don't test it internally. I mean, you, that, that's fine. You can. Um, and I actually always recommend to start internally because a lot of the time what we'll build uh, needs a little bit of improvement. So, you know, start internally, see how the prototype works, and then get it into the hand of customers as soon as you can. So that can be, for example, A-B testing. That's a very, very popular way to experiment things. Uh, A-B testing doesn't always have to be just A and B. It can be A, B, C, D, whatever. Different ways to, to write something, different ways to create a call to action, different ways of uh, you know, trying to, to sell, different ads, and so on. But also there are other ways to do experiment that it's not just A, B. Uh, it's actually putting something out there and see if people are clicking it because they have, um, you know, they want to use it. So the, the important thing about testing an experiment, it's not to go and ask people, 
if I create this feature, are you going to use it? Because most likely we'll get, yes, I'll use it. Why not? You know, it doesn't cost me anything to say yes. Uh, and it's not that people are lying to us, right? Because they actually don't know. If, you, if you're not going to give them something to actually use and look at their behavior, everything is still an assumption. So the important thing about experimentation uh, or, or a prototype is to get it into the hand of customers and just see if they're adopting it or not. So they don't need to know it's an experiment. You put something out there, um, you know, they, they click it or they don't click it. You see if there is an adoption, if people are actually aiming to do something. So I can give you an example of that because this is actually, experimentation is a fascinating area. I absolutely love it. Uh, but one thing, for example, in e-commerce, right? So, you know, you go to the checkout and uh, you're about to pay for something and then you get a message, oh, do you want to add, you know, this, um, this product to your cart and see if people are adding it to the cart, for example. And then when they're just about to pay for it, they will tell you, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry, we actually don't have this product. So we, we put the product there without actually having a product. Uh, and, and I know that some people will think, oh, that's actually really rude and, you know, uh, we're going to annoy people by doing that. But on the other hand, you can actually tell them, I'm so sorry, you don't have that. But you know what? Let me give you $5 back. So for the next time, uh, your next purchase, you'll have those $5. And that's much, much, a much cheaper way for us to actually learn about something uh, instead of actually developing this whole product and then seeing if people are, uh, are, are wanting to adopt it or not. Um, and, and yeah, that's pretty much all those five steps. So at the end of, of design thinking, you have a validated solution that you can then go and build and actually build, uh, you know, the first release of it and, and get it into the market. And you have a much, much, much better understanding, uh, that people are going to adopt it or not. And, and also, important thing is that a lot of the experiments are supposed to fail. So you should end up, after doing this method, with, with ideas that are just not going to work. And that's absolutely fine. It is also very, very important to not fall in love with our ideas, but to fall in love with the opportunity. Amazing. Wow, so much gold there. I love that. So if I'm a product manager listening to all that thinking like, wow, I want to just start implementing this. I want to start adopting it in my ways of working. If they're in an organization that perhaps design thinking isn't um, at the forefront as it is in, in PageUp, do you have a practical tip or two for PMs on how they can approach bringing this into their organization? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, first of all, if you have no experience in design thinking, but you're interested, go and join, um, you know, a, a group or meetup. There are many, 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 many things out there where you can join and have hands-on experience in using design thinking. I can recommend one thing. There is a, a meetup called Design Sprinters uh, in, in Melbourne. Um, they're friends of mine, so they are doing Design Sprint, which Design Sprint is basically using design thinking, but uh, it, within five days, right? So design thinking does it, it, it's five steps. It doesn't have to be five days, but Design Sprint is really taking it and doing everything that you need to do within five days. So um, that's a really great way to experience Design Sprint and Design Thinking, which is the method behind that. So I would highly recommend that. And there are many other things. So you can just, you know, you can Google it and see there are many things there. A lot of them are free. Um, and, and again, it gives you hands-on experience and it's just absolutely amazing. So let's say you already have the experience and you have no idea how to do that. I would say start small. Don't try to do it across the whole business. I've done it across the whole business, but you know, that was my job. So that was fine. Uh, and I have a lot of experience doing that. But I would say it starts small. Get a group of people. It can be your, uh, you know, your product team, but it doesn't have to be the product team. Get the most engaged people from across the business. Get a group of five people uh, and say, you know what? Let's do it. Let's try to, um, you know, to do it differently this time. So uh, think about what you don't know and you need to learn about a specific solution or a specific approach. So, uh, you know, if we, 
if we have uh, kind of an opportunity that we're looking at, what don't I know? So let's go out, let's, let's create kind of a research plan. And let's go out and try to, you know, to, to do exploitation and, and try to learn those things that we don't know of. And then you can go to, back to the team, um, you know, do all the, the, the other stages, which is define, uh, ideate, and then experiment. So um, one way also to kind of make an impact, and that's also something that I've done at, the, um, at, at PageUp when I just joined the business, is uh, to share what you've done. It's so, so important. If you want to create visibility, you need to share everything. So I would say start with a small group of people, take photos, uh, write a blog, write a story, publish it on you know, your Slack channel uh, or w- whatever channel that you're using communication show how exciting it is so um when when i've done it and and we have done i don't think i actually mentioned it but i i have done three months into the business i've done uh, a design uh kind of a design thinking workshop two days across the business so i had something like 120 people participating from all across the business that was absolutely amazing, amazing. so we we had like a um you know, a huge celebration on that. And we had a a team that, you know, a a winning team and and all of that. And that was great. And we had, again, the CEO and other people from across the business just coming and looking at what we have done. Um, And the important thing was for uh, for each team to create a very small presentation. It can be one slide or two slides, doesn't matter, just about what they've done. But also I asked them, what was your key learning from it? And one of the key learnings was for many teams uh, was that what I thought was the problem wasn't actually the problem. So for me, it was a win, a huge win. Great. You actually realize that you had biases coming into, you know, this workshop. And now you know that you have biases and now you know that what you think is not necessarily what other people think. And that's, that's amazing. So, um, so, so yeah, so start small, share with across the business, share with people, share with peers, share with your manager, try to get support from across the business and do it, you know, small steps. I think that's the most important thing. Small step, don't try to change everything in, you know, in a week, it's just not going to happen. Fantastic. It's been amazing talking to you today, Latel. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and experience with us. How can we stay connected with you going forward? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Perfect. So, uh, Lital Sherman, you, there are three. Uh, I am <laughs> the only one in Australia. So, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, so please feel free to connect with me. I love having conversations with people. I love talking about design thinking. I can talk about it all day long. If you need any advice, uh, please reach out. I would love to chat. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the Product Edge. Thanks, Jade. Thank you for listening to the Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to theproductedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.